Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Well, it was one of the best days, one of the best Sundays for the Bucks all season. They should be off more often. One, because I like being off. So do you, Steve Bursnick. It was kind of it was kind of nice. It was really nice. More importantly, they gained a game on almost everybody in the NFC, including the New Orleans Saints. Congratulations to the Atlanta Falcons. You went into the Caesars Superdome and got way up on the Saints, then blew it. We're down by a point. Then came roaring back with a game-winning field goal. Kind of very reminiscent of last week's game, actually, against the Bucks. only this time in reverse. And, yeah, the Bucks are, are, are back a game atop the division over the Saints in the NFC South. Yeah. And and it didn't stop there. It no. kept getting better as the day went on. No, let's see. Who lost? Dallas lost? Dallas. How about Dallas at home? At one point I looked up, they were down 30 to nothing to the Denver Broncos at home. Dak Prescott under center, by the way. They Ouch. couldn't get out of their own way. So yeah, Dallas loses. Mm-hmm. You have Green Bay losing. Green Bay. We'll talk about Aaron Rodgers in a minute because we didn't get a chance to do that last week, obviously. That happened late in the week. Of course, Aaron Rodgers not there because he tested positive for COVID. Then we found out that he was not vaccinated. He said he was immunized but not vaccinated. Broke some protocols, and so that's going to cost him. And he may not be even available or won't be available to even practice until next Saturday at the earliest, and that's if he doesn't have any symptoms, etc. So lots there. And then as we do this podcast, how about this? The Los Angeles Rams, and this may change by the time you wake up in the morning, but the Tennessee Titans are all over them at SoFi Stadium. 21 to 3 as we do this podcast. So it looks like the Rams are going to come back here and they still got almost the entire second half and then some to go. But uh, kind of a rough start for Matthew Stafford with a couple of intercessions, a pick six. It's been, uh, been an impressive yeah. showing so far by Tennessee, who I think the Tennessee Titans, even without King Henry, they lose their running back, of course, the greatest fantasy player this year that I lost on my team. Um, even without him, that football team is a force to be reckoned with. They just are. Um, they've won a lot of games under Mike Vrabel. They're a tough team. They're a team that's getting better each week. They're they're just they're you know I'll, I'll never forget when they came in, you know, to uh, training camp and spent like four days down here, and they all went back with COVID. But um, they were they were a bunch. They were a tough group to handle. You know, the Bucks got whipped the first day of practice, and they came back, and, and I think they won the next day. But it was uh, it was really something to see them up close and personal. So we know Mike Brable's team is going to stay in it, and they're going to be very, very good. So, yeah, what what a day for the Bucks, man. Didn't have yeah. to play. Got to take some time off. They'll practice today, then they'll be off on Tuesday. So it's sort of a bonus day on Monday for them. Yeah, and even around um, the NFL, but the Jaguars beating the Bills. Oh, my goodness. I know. What's with, what's with the Buffalo? Yeah, circle the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. 
jo- it was Josh Allen on Josh Allen crime. Did you see this game? <laughs> I Josh didn't, Allen I saw that, but oh my goodness, the defensive end Josh Allen for the Jacksonville Jaguars all over the Bills. Josh Allen, the quarterback. Josh Allen, the defensive end. I think he had a sack, a fumble recovery, and an interception. I believe. Mm-hmm. I don't know. He he filled up the whole stat sheet. But it was Josh on Josh, Josh on Josh Allen crime. He had better stats than Josh Allen, the quarterback. He did. He did. I mean, it's unfathomable that the Bills, you know, with this supposedly great offense and, of course, a quarterback that people talked about as an MVP, um, you know, can't score a touchdown. And they lose in a, in a game of field goals. Um, it was just uh, it was a wild day. And that's why, folks, I don't gamble. <laughs> There's no way. There is no way I couldn't handle the stress, and I don't know what the point spreads are. I don't know any of that. I do know that the Bills were supposed to win. I'm going to assume that the Saints were supposed to win. And even the Saints game, I mean, they come roaring back. They score is very reminiscent of, of really the Bucks game, sort of in reverse where the Saints are trailing by three scores. They come roaring back in the fourth quarter. They take a one-point lead, and there's about a minute and change. And Matt Ryan, Matty Ice, who had a great game, uh, gets the ball back in his hand, needing a field goal, and he hits a bomb and gets him down there in field goal position. They kick the field goal um, towards the last play of the game, and mm-hmm. and they win it. So no, don't, it was don't forget, though, that's impressive. their first game without their starting quarterback, though. It is. It absolutely you know, is. So, I mean, that's a big change. And, and, you know, Jameis Winston got all the reps, you know, this mm-hmm. season and throughout practices until this week. Right. You know, so that right. was a big change for them. And, you know, you're coming off the Monday nighter, in Seattle, followed by yes. the your division rival, the and Super Bowl champs Bucks coming in Saturday or Sunday. Yeah, to the you know, so you kind of get that letdown from there too. But plus, you know, you have your backup quarterback in. Yeah, and I was surprised they played Taysom Hill a little bit, but I was surprised he didn't start. Mm-hmm. Um, there was one series where he completed a couple of passes, and and then, um, then I think they ended up with a with an interception after that. They they kept going back and forth between quarterbacks, but. Um, yeah, I think, and this is the thing, like, you know, it's it's one thing to come in a game, um, execute well enough. I go back, and the more I think about that game against the Saints, I mean, the Bucks beat themselves, and they did it in so many ways, mm-hmm. but predominantly penalties. You know, when you when you give teams, you know, you take away red zone interceptions or end zone interceptions, when you, you know, and, and it's unfortunate for Winston, but obviously the horse collar tackle knocked him out of a game, but then you have two roughing the passer penalties on top of that back-to-back. Um, you know, just, just everything they did wrong in that game and still, and still were able to come back down, you know, two, three scores and, and take the lead. Um, uh, and then even though they allowed a field goal had, you know, almost two minutes and, and you feel pretty confident Tom Brady's going to at least go down there and get you a field goal and win the game. And then he throws the pick. So I, I think that, uh, you know, I, I, I think they're a better football team and I think the saints are going to struggle to try to find their identity um, you know, again, at the quarterback position. They ran the ball really well, especially early in the game. They ran all over the Atlanta Falcons, and it looked like they were just going to just continue to do that. But then Sean Payton put the ball in the air a few times and probably a few times too many. But, you know, just so, it's just, you know, it's the NFL, man. It's that every given Sunday, Monday, Thursday, Sunday night thing where, you know, you, if you're not prepared, you know, they're going to knock your block off. And, you know, the same thing will happen with the Bucks when they play the Atlanta Falcons again up there. They'll have to be ready to play when the Carolina Panthers and the Bucks tangle. They'll have, and then, you know, you look at this schedule now with Tampa Bay, there won't be a game. Of course, they go to Washington this Sunday, but there won't be a game that they won't be favored in. Well, let's put it this way. 
as it sits right now, there are two teams that have winning records left on their schedule. They are the Saints and the Buffalo Bills. Wow. And the Bills just the Bills just yes, that's it. The Bills just got beat, obviously, by Jacksonville. So who knows, right? But you, you figure, well, that could be a Super Bowl preview. Um but yeah, and, and I, I suspect that by the time they get to Indianapolis, the Colts will have a winning record. They just don't currently, but they're certainly playing better. But the schedule is one that is completely navigable and very similar to, you know, I, I'm not, I don't know that they can run the table. That's what they did last year after they went 7-5 and five and had the bye. Then they went 8-0, and no, including a Super Bowl win. But um, I do think that they could get on a run. I do think that they have an opportunity starting with, you know, Sunday in Washington to string together a few wins here. You know, they got a Monday night game at home against the New York Giants, I believe. Uh, Sunday night game. Uh, is is the one against the New Orleans Saints. So they have a couple more primetime matchups. And then you just see how they do on the run, on the road. You know, they got to go to the Jets, um, you know, games like that. But I, but I really think that – I really think the second half is going to be easier for them. And, you know, 6-2 and two right now buys you a one-game lead in the NFC South. So good for them. Well, the it'll be, it'll be real easy when they claim Odell Beckham Jr. this afternoon, correct? <sighs> I know. I know. It is, you know it's going to happen, too. You know, I, I, It makes no sense. I, I, can't, I can't really match him up unless, unless, and we don't know this, but unless Antonio Brown is going to be out longer than we think. But even then, right, it would be the most Brady-Buck thing ever, right? Like, let's, let's add to this arsenal. Let, let's – just in case we don't have A.B. or just in case Mike Evans or Chris Godwin were to get hurt or get nicked up, let's add Odell Beckham Jr. to the mix, you know, just, just so, one, he doesn't go to the Saints. Because that's where I think that, – that's the team that tried to trade for him. Now, I, don't, I still can't figure out completely why the Cleveland Browns weren't able to deal him. Obviously, the salary was a big part of it. They worked out an agreement with Odell with respect to how much money is still owed him. I still think it's like $7.5 million dollars. Maybe they take on some of that on their own cap. But what's going to happen is today he, he's subject to waivers. At 4 p.m. today, we will know if a team claims Odell Beckham Jr. and his contract. And, of course, Odell, I'm sure, is hoping that that's not the case, that he's hoping to be a free agent. And then he can negotiate with any team or they take on it. Actually, they take on his current contract, um, you know, if he, if he doesn't clear waivers. But if he does, he can do some double dipping or whatnot. But I, I think. You know, he, he's funny, man. He's, you know, his agent or someone said he'd like to go to a contender. And I'm thinking, you mean like the Cleveland Browns? <laughs> I mean, the, the Browns just bashed the Cincinnati Bengals. And it was one of those things like, hey, lose Odell Beckham. Now we can just let it, let it rip. Was, was it addition by subtraction? Absolutely it was. I really think that. I mean, they're, they're, look, there's always this thing, right? And I don't know what the, the schism was between him and Baker Mayfield per se, right? But I do know, and this is the best example I have of it, is, is Deshaun Jackson and Jameis Winston. You know, not that Deshaun was bad for Jameis, because he wasn't. Um, anytime you can add a speed receiver, you would think, you know, that, that definitely is going to help you. But it didn't help him because, you know, they got into the season, the second season in particular, they got into the season and, you know, Jameis was suspended for three games. Ryan Fitzpatrick comes out and is on fire um, during those three games, and he's, he's on fire with the deep ball and, and with Deshaun. Jameis comes back, and there's pressure to throw the ball to him, obviously. You can't tell me quarterbacks don't feel pressure when you have an elite receiver, especially a guy like Deshaun that wants the ball in every play. They all do. But Deshaun's got a ton of diva in him, 
And, you know, he's, he's running verticals all the time because that's the offense, right, with Bruce Arians. And he's not seeing the ball. And, the few, and he was winning. He was winning his routes. He was getting behind the defense. But for whatever reasons, a myriad of reasons, Winston could not get the ball to him to save his life. And Deshaun Jackson, I've talked to him. He did not want Jameis Winston to continue his quarterback. He wanted Fitzpatrick back in there. And that's a problem, you know. It, and I'm not saying that, you know, Odell Beckham Jr. wants another quarterback. But once there's this thing, right, um, the quarterback feels pressure. And, you know, to, to throw him the ball, or maybe in this case didn't feel comfortable throwing him the ball, wanted to throw somebody else. But it, it, it's a deal. It's, a, it's like something that weighs on your team. And so, you know, they go into this game. He, does, he can just throw to the open guy and, you know, um, has chemistry with everybody else. And so it might have been addition by subtraction. I don't, I don't, I don't doubt that for a second. No, oh, we've seen yeah. that many times in sports. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I mean, there's a reason. Look, there's a reason that Antonio Brown was let go by the Steelers or traded. Yeah, um, sure. You know, I mean, there's there's guys like that, Le'Veon Bell, or I mean, you go through the NFL and in, in history mm-hmm. of, you know, there's been some addition by subtractions, and, and you know, once there's a thing on the team, as you said, once there's a thing, yeah, it's hard to get rid of it without just getting rid of it. It just becomes it weighs everything else down because. Mm-hmm. The rest of the team is is all in. They're all, you know, they're moving forward. And, you know, every press conference you're asked about it, every, you know, it, it, it just is a thing. The play caller feels pressure. Everybody feels this pressure instead of just let's go out here and try to win. Who cares? And that's the thing that's so important about the Bucks that I think Tom Brady has brought to these guys is that, you know, you've got superstars on this team. I mean, Mike Evans, Mike Evans is – Probably like he is, he is putting together easily a Hall of Fame resume. Mm-hmm. I mean, easily. I mean, if you have a thousand yards every season you play in the league, and he's now going to make it his eighth straight season, um, and he may play. What if he plays twelve? What if he plays fifteen? I mean, we don't know where, where it's going to end up. But I'm just here to tell you, the guy is a phenomenal player, and should be the number one target and all those things. And then you got Chris Godwin, who who is just lights out, right? I mean, the guy can do everything. He runs, he blocks, um, you know, certainly can go vertical, uh, make combat catches, all that stuff. Had a great game, 140 yards. His last game was maybe the best game I've seen him play against the Saints. And those guys are are willing to yield and bring on an Antonio Brown and a Rob Gronkowski who, yeah, he may Mm -hmm. not play receiver, but he's going to take away a ton of targets. And, you know, you still got OJ and you got, they don't care. They want to win. And I think, you know, it helps when you have the winningest quarterback of all time mm-hmm. that says, "Hey guys, uh, I'm just about Super Bowls. You want to win rings? You want to? You want to? You want stats? You know, you get open, I'll throw you the ball." So well, but and when when the Bucks signed Antonio Brown last season, a big concern. I don't know if it was with the Bucks, but it was definitely a talking point and, and concern about fans and everything else. Was you know, would Antonio Brown, who's got some diva in him? Oh yeah, would he be okay not being top fiddle? Right, not getting right. all the looks. Right, um, you know, and and to his credit, he's fit in perfectly in this offense. He, he bought in, and I mm-hmm. think again, I don't think he's that way with every quarterback. I think, I think, mm-hmm. you know, he, you know, Brady went to bat for him. Let's be honest. Mm-hmm. weren't a lot of teams knocking down Antonio Brown's door. He had legal problems. Uh, he had, you know, obviously some some football problems having been to three teams in two years, uh, was suspended eight games that season alone, was coming in, didn't know the playbook. Who was going to take him on? Arians didn't want him. Six months earlier, he said he had too much diva. Uh, 
um, Brady went to bat for him, and he was the loyal soldier. And then you think, okay, well, what about this year? Well, he comes in this year and, you know, isn't crying for the ball. He was getting the ball. He started out fantastic his first four or five weeks, first five games before the ankle injury. And I don't I don't know where that is right now, but yeah, he completely bought in. And, and again, the answer to most questions is Tom Brady. I mean, Tom Brady is that one player, and I saw a report over the weekend by Jeff Darlington. And, I, and look, Jeff – Jeff has a ton of sources, especially on the Brady camp. And what he said was that he knew that Odell Beckham, that there was no quarterback he obviously respected more than a Tom Brady would love to play with him. Now, that doesn't mean, you know, that A, he will be given that chance or uh, or have even the choice. But, you know, uh, and then I, and then I kind of retweeted, like, I'm not doubting what Jeff is saying. I just, I, I feel like it would be difficult if Brown is going to be healthy, to mm-hmm. have those three guys. Now, what could you do? Okay, here's what you could do. This team, for whatever reason, has gone with a lot of two tight end formations, with especially with Gronk out. They've used a lot of OJ and Brayton in the same formations, you know. 12 personnel. You could certainly spread, spread your football team out with four wide receivers if you wanted to. It takes a tight end off the game. You know, let, let's say, but you still need the tight end for running, you know, for the run looks. But let's say that, you know, when they don't go heavy and they've, they've used a lot of tackles for extra tight ends, guys like Josh Wells and um, and Nick, Le- uh, I think Nick Leverett, maybe he, he's the other one that's been in there. Um, and they've, they've tried to go heavy formation and, and pound the ball. And that's fine. And you can still do that if, you, if you're just going to block and run. But let's say you want to go with O.J. Howard, you know, and you're five eligibles, you, you have to empty the backfield. But you could do a lot more three and four receivers. Now, they're going to probably get Scotty Miller back. So, again, you know, as you start to get guys healthy, um, you know, you wonder, like, how does this work out? You know, Tyler Johnson has kind of been filling in. Like, you have an embarrassment of riches on that side of the game, of that side of the ball. But what if Tom Brady is thinking, you know what, we're one injury away from Chris Godwin or Mike Evans if they have to miss any time, right? And we saw Godwin get hurt last year. We've seen Evans get hurt in the past. If we lose one of those guys, it's a drop-off. You know, it's a real big drop-off to Tyler Johnson or a real big drop-off to Scotty Miller. What if we had Odell Beckham Jr., you know, who could step in and, and, and take that over? So who knows what they're thinking. I tend to think it's a long shot. I don't think they'll claim him. Um, if he becomes a free agent, then he gets to say where he goes. You know, I've heard a lot about New Orleans who tried to trade for him. That's another reason. What if you're the Bucks and you go, you know what? I don't want that guy with the Saints. You know, they're a re- they don't have Michael Thomas. They're a receiver away. You know, if we can convince him to come here and win a Super Bowl with us, you know, I, I don't want him with the Saints. But, you know, if you've got Brown coming back, you've got Scotty Miller, you've got Evans, Godwin. Yeah. Gronk presumably is back. So, I mean, he played before. Maybe he shouldn't have. Yeah, but you got to assume you know with the bye week that's going to help him. Mm-hmm. You know, is Odell Beckham Jr. going to be okay with the role he's going to take on this team? I wouldn't think he would. I mean, or I is he, he going to hurt the team in that regard? Yeah, you know, and that that you have to weigh that. I mean, you may want to keep him from the Saints, sure, but yeah, that's something you have to weigh. Is you know, could it hurt your team to sign this guy? Sure, and and, and I have no idea how he would be. I mean, you know. Of course, you know, Jeff Darlington's report of, 
you know, I'd love to play, you know, there's no quarterback I have more respect for than Tom. Well, what receiver wouldn't say that? <laughs> He's right. the GOAT. He's got seven yeah. Super Bowl rings. Yes, I mean, he does. You know, there's not a, there's not a football player al- alive today Mm-mm. that hasn't wanted to play with Brady or dreamt at some point, boy, wouldn't it be cool to play with Brady? Yeah. I mean, you know, the guy just wins Super Bowls. Of course, that, that, you know, that you're going to say that. So, mm-hmm. but can he check his ego enough at the door and can he fit into a team? You know, right. we've talked about for a long time. Chemistry is important. I mean, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin saying, I'm willing to take less receptions to win. Mm-hmm. That's important for a team. And and others follow suit. Antonio Brown has followed suit. Yeah. You know, if you sign Odell or if you choose, you know, if, if the Bucks are even considering it, is he going to follow suit? Yeah. And, and, and for a guy that, that is leaving Cleveland, who is a, who is a, a, a contender, obviously, you know, a very good uh, team in the AFC with a pretty good quarterback at Baker Mayfield, if he doesn't get the ball enough there, right? If you if, if that's one of the reasons why you want to be more involved, you feel like you've won on a lot of routes, the ball's not coming your way, get me out of here, I don't have any chemistry with the quarterback, what makes you think you're going to have more work, you know, on a team that's pretty set at wide receiver? Uh, again, now, you know, the one thing that changes it, and, and I don't know this, I've seen pictures of him on Instagram riding a bike in a boot with no helmet. That was scary. I've seen pictures on Instagram with him not wearing a boot. So, you know, where Antonio Brown is physically coming out of the bye, we'll know more today because we'll see who's at practice. Um, It's kind of a bonus day. I wouldn't make a ton of it. I don't think there's going to be, you know, there's certainly not going to be pads and that sort of thing. Um, But at least we'll get a better feel. And and we do have Scotty Miller and Sean Murphy Bunting have been activated, um, you know, from – from injured reserve and they can begin their 21 days of practice. They can be, you know, put on the, on the roster at any point in time, the 53, uh, any point in time. And, you know, uh, I think they're closer than, than further away from coming back. Obviously the defensive back room will look a lot better if you get SMB back and at some point Carlton Davis. So, you know, I, I don't, I don't know how it all fits, how the puzzle fits this together. If Gronk were going to be out for a long time, let's say Gronk, you know, he had the back, quote-unquote, back spasm that was related to the cracked ribs, et cetera. Guys had 18-something surgeries or whatever. What if, what if he has a herniated disc? What if, there, what, if this seri- what if this injury puts him on IR? Do you think differently about your targets now? You know, because it is, you know, O.J. Howard or Cam Brate really going to make up for what he was able to do in the red zone? So there's all kinds of different ways to sort of slice it up, but I'm I'm with you. I don't think if he has his choice, and that's the thing, he doesn't. He could be claimed, and then it'll be interesting if, if, if he's claimed by a team he doesn't want to go to. You know, how about the New England Patriots? You know, all of a sudden they're back in the in the hunt. You know, what if they claimed him? You know, would he would he want would he welcome that? So I think there's several teams he would want to play for. I don't know that this would be number one on his list. Maybe the most respected quarterback that ever played, but I just don't know if it's a great fit. So we'll be writing about that, I'm sure, in the Tampa Bay Times on TampaBay.com. We'll cover all the various angles and try to give you the latest on, on whether we think the Bucks would put in a waiver claim uh, or or be interested in trying to sign him as a free agent. I, I I just don't think initially that it's it's a great idea or a great fit, but so much of it depends on information we don't have, which is you know just what's the health of the team. And we'll find out more about that today. Speaking of health, how about Aaron Rodgers? Was that more one of the more bizarre forty-seven or forty-six minute? I'm immunized. Uh, I'm immunized. Hey, hey, Aaron, are are you vaccinated? Yeah, 
I'm immunized. You know, it's a personal decision. I don't forget. For the guys that decide not to be, I don't hold it against. Like, wait a minute. You mean like for you? That, that whole thing, you know, and, and I know a lot of writers and everybody's like, wow, that word was so strange. We probably should have followed up on that. But when you respond to, are you are you vaccinated? And your first word is, yeah. Um, I take that to mean that you're deceiving me. You know, it's like, are you married? Yeah. And then anything you say after that, yeah, but you, unless you come back with, but I'm divorced now, like, the, yeah, pretty much confirms what the question was, right? And then this whole this whole notion, I mean, they're obviously going to get fined, and I, I suspect Rodgers will too. Rodgers did a couple things. First of all, they didn't follow protocol. And I'm, and the Packers knew that, that he was not somebody who had had, who had been vaccinated. Uh, it sounds like he followed protocols, you know, in the building, wore the masks to meetings, whatever, got tested every day. So, you know, the draconian measures that he talked about, he was okay with right up until he had to do media. And he decided, now nah, this is stupid. I'm going to take my mask off. I'm not protecting those guys that are talking to me. I'm going to go ahead and take my mask off. No one's going to know that I'm not vaccinated. But everybody did know, in the building at least, you know, he apparently was asking questions when they would bring in doctors up there, you know, about, the, you know, getting texts from, from his teammates. Very good question and all this kind of stuff. Look, all I know is this, and I don't care where you fall politically. I, I don't know why this is politicized anyway. The, the National Football League Players Association, they negotiated all of this, okay? They want their players to be vaccinated. They made it very difficult, as did the league, um, to conduct yourself when you're not vaccinated, it is punitive when you uh, test positive for COVID. Had Aaron Rodgers been vaccinated and he tested positive, as long as he wasn't symptomatic, he could have had two negative COVID tests within 24 hours of each other, and he could have played on Sunday. Could have. Doesn't mean he would have, but could have. Now, as an unvaccinated quarterback, he had to, he has to wait until at the earliest next Saturday before they're getting ready to, to host the Seattle Seahawks. And that will be the earliest he'll be cleared to, to begin practice, playing, whatever. Well, at that point, the week is over. And I'm not saying Aaron Rodgers can't go out there without a week of practice and, and still tear it up. He's been doing it for enough years. But that cuts it really close. Any symptoms at all, any kind of any, any setbacks at all, and then he's, then he's in trouble. But we, it's undeniable that, and we don't know that, that he would have made it back for necessarily for this game that he had in Kansas City on Sunday. But we do know without the vaccine, there was no chance. So he kind of put his team in a tough position. He did not help them. Let's put it that way. So what happens? Jordan Love has to take over. And Jordan Love didn't play bad. The Kansas City Chiefs are terrible still. They can't get out of their own way. They can't score points. You know, and they managed to hang in there and score just enough and win 13 to 7 uh as you know Jordan Love throws throws a kind of a late pick and does get them down there, and it looks like they're going to have a chance to, to maybe get the ball back and win, but they don't. It's at Kansas City. Just put his team in a terrible position. And here's the, here's the bottom line. That one game may cost them home field advantage throughout the playoffs. We don't know how, how much that will mean to the history of the franchise. You know, It may have hurt his team. It may have helped himself. Okay. Well, how I mean, would, oh, if, well, if they're ready Jordan to replace Love, him yeah, with Jordan right. Love, He's, Jordan Love did yeah. not look good. I mean, his he throws were great. all off all day. Yeah. Um, right. And I'm, I'm not saying – I'm kind of saying it facetiously, but – No, but, but they got to look point. at Jordan Love, and he wasn't, you know, 
he wasn't what you'd hoped. I mean, granted, it's one game and it's his first start. Yeah, it's his your, first start. To your but, point, had he gone out there and ripped it, you know, had he gone out mm-hmm. there and, and and thrown for three hundred and beat the Chiefs going away, that might have sealed Aaron Rodgers' fate. It might have. Although right. I think he's fine. Well, he if, I think he's fine if he goes away or if he stays. I think. I don't. I don't think. I mean, he's fine. He's fine. Yeah. yeah but. Yeah. But that I think the Packers may have felt better one way or the other about Aaron Rodgers. Um, you know, maybe it is time to, to let him walk. I mean, look, I think he's going to be gone either way. That's just my personal opinion. But everything, everything going into the season was about Aaron Rodgers, and certainly everything last week, or at least the end of, of last week through the weekend, has been about Aaron Rodgers. And there, there's just a certain I can't. Here's the thing, and we'll, we'll probably talk to Brady about this later in the week. And Brady, you know, Tom Brady knew knew and said early on uh, to me and others that you know COVID was still here, and he thought it was going to be more of a factor this year. And you ask him why, he says, "Well, because we're we're out there doing stuff." Oh, another thing Aaron Rodgers did that was against protocol. He went to a Halloween party. You can't gather with people if you're unvaccinated. You can't. It's against the protocol. He went. Unmasked, he went. Um, they're fortunate that more players, you know, in contact tracing, maybe the whole quarterback position didn't end up, uh, you know, vaccinated players don't have contact tracing, but had there been some other guys that could have gotten COVID since he had it, um, now that he has some immunities to it, uh, you know, he, he can go 90 days, I think, with uh, it'll take him right to the start of the Super Bowl before. You know, before he goes back into the protocol, he'll still have to be tested. There's a lot of things he still has to do, but it's a, it's a tough thing. I, I mean, Tom Brady of all people, right? Here's Mr. TB12. One point was selling immunity pills on it on the TB12 website. A guy who no one is more, <laughs> no one is more careful about what they put in their body than Tom Brady. Let's be honest. The man won't eat sugar, right, or strawberries. Um, so. We, we know the discipline that he shows. And how about this? He had COVID. He had it at the, after the boat parade, him and his wife both. So he had immunities to it. He still got vaccinated. Are we sure Brady said he was vaccinated, not immunized? No. Have we gone back through the quotes yet? <laughs> well, let's check the tape. Yes, he said he was vaccinated. I, I know. <laughs> he told me he was vaccinated. Uh, again, I, he did say, yeah. Um, when I asked him if he had had COVID, that was also a yeah COVID. No, yeah, yeah, I've had a virus. Um, no, he he's had it, but but even after having it, I think that's the difference. And and the thing that Brady again, the difference is this: Brady won't do anything that won't help him win. He won't. And when the NFLPA agreed to those rules, whether he agreed with those rules or not, he saw that it was a competitive disadvantage to him and his football team that if he didn't take the needle in the arm. This is just me talking, not Tom Brady. But if he didn't take the needle in the arm, he could be a guy that could miss 10 days, you know, if he caught COVID. And he wasn't going to risk that. He does not want to sit. He does not want to not play. That doesn't help his football team win games. And winning games is how you position yourself for the playoffs, and he's all about good playoffs because he's all about going to Super Bowls and winning them. So I, I think the difference is, you know, Rodgers – uh, again, no matter where you what you believe politically, like he did not do what was best for his football team. And again, he has the right to do what he wants to do. But in this in this instance, you know, the Green Bay Packers weren't better on Sunday against the Kansas City Chiefs with Jordan Love. They just weren't, and it's unfortunate. And he could have gotten COVID anyway, and maybe he would have missed the game. 
Maybe he'd have been symptomatic and couldn't get two negative tests, and he'd have missed anyway. That's happened, but he certainly it was more. It, it, there was no question he was going to miss the game because he wasn't vaccinated, and then of course all the controversy about whether he was honest. So it was a fascinating weekend in that standpoint, and it absolutely hurt the buck helped the Buccaneers. Everything, just about everything that happened on Sunday, just about everything that happened on Sunday helped the Bucks, and some of it unexpected, like the Cowboys getting killed. I didn't see that coming. I really believe. Doubts in Dallas, man. <laughs> that was, ooh, where'd that? I mean, the, I mean, you just traded your best player if you're the Denver Broncos. You just gave up on Miller, you know, to the to the L.A. Rams, who's not playing, by the way, on Sunday night. But, yeah, and you go out there and you, you, you get a 30 to nothing lead on those guys. It's just incredible. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. So it was quite a weekend in the NFL. How about uh, your Tampa Bay Lightning? I guess they – I didn't get to see these games because I was on the West Coast. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I guess – well – the one game, actually, I did. I think I did see the game Friday. It was that Friday night where Headman Thursday night, tried, Thursday, Thursday night, night in Toronto tried tried to clear the puck. I mean, they got a one nothing lead during the final minute, under under one minute to go. He couldn't quite get it out of the zone. Uh, ends up in the back of the net, so they they go to overtime, three on three, and they lose that game. That was tragic. Yeah, I mean, they didn't play that great that game. Va- Andre Vasilevsky did. I yes, mean, I mean, if they would have won that game, it was. Vasilevsky stealing that game because he was mm-hmm. phenomenal, right? Um, I, you know, I, they played okay. I mean, Hedman made the error. I, I'm not sure if he kind of got. I think Matthews may have got a stick near Hedman. I don't know if it mm-hmm. affected it at all. Yeah, um, but it, it's a puck. Hedman's got to get out. He didn't. Uh, ended up in the back of the net, and then they lose in overtime. So they still get a point out of that. And then mm-hmm. they go to Ottawa, play better, not great, but they played better, good enough to win. Brian Elliott was in goal. Um, yeah, that was nice. Yeah, I mean, you know, he gets the win there. So Vasilevsky got you know the day off and to rest, and mm-hmm. uh, they're without Mikhail Sergachev, who got suspended for two games. Yeah, that was uh, he a nasty hit, uh, hit. Yeah, I mean, and that was that was a dirty hit, uh, mm-hmm. hitting Mitch Marner, and he deserved the two game suspension. Yeah, uh, Frederick Clayson made his debut as Andre Schuster was sent back to Syracuse. Right. Um, so you know you had some some different guys in the lineup and such, uh, but they they get the two points in Ottawa. They're sitting in third place in the division right now. Yeah, they're um, fine. You know, through what eleven games, fourteen points, they're fine. I mean, but they're, now they're, the schedule is going to get. It's about to turn a little bit. Well, gonna get, it's going to get tougher. Yeah, this homestead. Now they have seven of the next eight at home. Wow. Uh, but the next three are against Carolina, Florida, and the Islanders. The mm. th- first three teams they've played in the playoffs last year. That's great. Carolina, who has one loss on the season. Florida, who has one overtime loss on the season. Wow. So, and they actually Carolina's loss was Saturday to Florida. That was their first loss of the year. So both both those teams are off to a really hot start. Yeah, that's they're going to be they're going to be trouble all year. And I, I love the whole notion of uh, of the Lightning maybe you know having this rivalry with Florida because it's happened now in the postseason, which mm-hmm. is what you really really need. Florida's really good. Carolina, unbelievable. I saw in one game they were playing 
I think it was Toronto or maybe Detroit. Somebody had a 3-1 lead on him. It was maybe Detroit had a 3-1 lead on him. They came back and won that game 4-3. And it yep. was going into the third period. So, like, they don't blink at all. So they're really, really good. But, yeah, I mean, they, they've righted. I mean, they certainly have it going in the right direction, the Lightning do, and their new players are starting to find roles. And Well, if you remember about better. two weeks ago, we talked about, you know, they were off to a really slow start. Mm-hmm. And and I've said for years, and, and Dave Mishkin is the one who's taught me this, and it really works. If you get 12 points out of every 10 games, mm-hmm. that's 96 points through 80 games. That'll get you in the playoffs, and you have two games to spare. Hmm. 96 almost always gets you in the playoffs, with rare exceptions. Would you yeah. miss it? They were, what, at five points through the first six games? Hmm. And they go 3-0-1. and at 12 points in the first 10. Yeah. And now they've far. got, you know, two points in their first game of the next 10. So they're 14 mm-hmm. points in 11 games. Pretty you good. Know, yeah. This regular season for them, you know, last year they got off to a really hot start, then they kind of coasted a little bit. And coast may not be the right word, but, you know, it, it, it was about getting ready for the playoffs, not necessarily, you know, winning every game. You know, they, they did that, you know, three years ago. Yeah. Exactly. Tried to win every game. And, you know, it didn't get them anywhere. It, you know, for them, it's really about, you know, playing the right way, getting ready for the playoffs. And granted, you're 11 games in the season, you're not getting ready. But, you know, it's just going to get through the regular season and, and you know, keep your record in the playoff hunt. And you're third in the division right now, 14 points through 11 games, you're fine. You're you're yeah. right where you need to be right now. You don't have to be 10-0-1 like Florida is ahead of you. You know, it, that doesn't matter. And winning the division doesn't matter to them. Right. Yeah. More importantly, the, the new guys and, and even some of the, the guys mm-hmm. that held over are playing better. Matthew Joseph's playing great, right? He is. He and P- uh, Pierre-Edward Belmar seem to have a lot of chemistry together. Yeah. Uh, and, and Belmar has really – Joseph's had several breakaways on shorthanded attempts, and it's really been Belmar setting him up for that. And they seem to – you know, we, we knew that you know the Goudreau-Coleman chemistry was instant when they, they got together on the ice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, particularly on the penalty kill, but Joseph and Belmar have some really good chemistry as well. Um, and Belmar, and that's, that's been a huge it turns surprise. Out, it turns out Belmar is a great faceoff guy, right? Yeah, well, we knew that coming coming in. I mean, that's what it, his was all about faceoffs and and doing a lot of the dirty stuff and and yeah. and penalty kill and that. Um, but his chemistry with Matthew Joseph has been a, a pleasant surprise, and and you know they're the first group over the wall now on the penalty kill generally. You know, and then right. you follow up with Kalorn and Sorelli. And yeah. so those are two great penalty kill forward groups you have there, which you know when you lost your they top three from last year and Goodrow, Coleman and Gord, you didn't you weren't sure how it was going to play out, but that's been a nice mm-hmm. surprise. Yeah, they just need time, and and uh, like I said, like you said, they're they've kind of gotten themselves into a rhythm here and, and are playing better, and mm-hmm. that's that's they're exactly where they want to be. And and no matter what you say, no matter what happens, if they hang in there, um, you know, first, third, whatever standings they're in Nikita Kucherov is coming back mm-hmm. presumably he, late January you know if everything yeah. sticks to schedule and, and continues you know what they initially announced with the you know eight to ten weeks since the surgery right and no matter what if the greatest if the best scoring you know if the best score in hockey is coming back to your team that's one hell of a, of, of a boost of a shot in the arm when you're going to really need it mm-hmm. um, so they've got that sort of you know Sort of in the bag that uh, uh, that they'll get some help later on, certainly before the playoffs. So that's going to be good. 
Finally, your Tampa Bay Rays, they uh, re-signed Mike Zanino, their all-star catcher who had a ton of home runs, not many hits, but, boy, everything he hit was was extra bases. Well, and, and I look, that $7 million is, you know, home runs are part of it, but it's really what he does behind the plate with that pitching staff. Yeah. that I mean, that's that's where the real value in that is. Sure. Um, you know, the Rays to spend $7 million on an offensive player is not kind of what they do, considering Kiermaier is going to be the highest paid and Zanino right. the second highest at this point on the roster. Right, uh, but you know Zanino, it's all about defense, and it's all yeah. about what's you know what he does behind the plate. The extra home runs this year are just a shot in the arm, and you know you hope he can do that again next year as well. So yeah, no, it was a good, it was a good yeah. signing for him. Looks like the Rays did not win any Gold Gloves this year. Really, they had three nominees, right? Uh, that's correct. A Rosarina lost to uh, Benintendi of the Royals. Hmm. Kiermaier lost to uh, Taylor of the Royals, and uh, what's, uh, Chapman won third base, where Wendell was a finalist. Yeah, Chapman's really good. I I, I can see that. Mm-hmm. Well, it's disappointing that Kiermaier didn't win it. Um, there's certainly their defense is as good as any in, in in baseball. I mean, that's how they win games. But at least they got nominated. Always good to be nominated. But I'd like to see some more some more hardware. So, uh, going into today, we'll keep you updated on the Bucks and, of course, Odell Beckham Jr. Yeah. as he clears waivers or not. You skipping uh, college football over the weekend? You know what? I guess, well, do we have time or should we come back and talk about that tomorrow? We can. Well, just real quick, the Gators uh, let go a couple coaches after the win, or the loss on Saturday. They in did. South Carolina. Yeah, they let go of defensive coordinator Todd Grantham. Finally. And offensive line coach, run game coordinator John Hevesy, who's right. been with Mullen really since Bowling Green on Urban Meyer staff 20 years ago. Well, we thought that would happen. We didn't know it would happen before the season was over. I mean, Grantham was absolutely going to get fired yeah. and probably should have been let go after last year. I don't mm-hmm. know why he decided to stick with him and bring him back. Yeah, and that's and granted, you know, generally these things in college happen before a bye week. Well, it's yeah. happening before Samford, so, you know, same. Yeah, well, same thing, yeah, <laughs> right. But at, at uh, what, four and five, not looking so good. I mean, look. At minimum, as a program is as strong as Florida's, I mean, you want to get to a bowl game. You want to win six games. You get a month. You get a month of practice. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's not that's not something to sneeze at. No, you know, when other teams are getting that um, as you're preparing for the bowl games and such, you get a lot of reps for your younger players. Guys are going to be relying on next year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's, it's just really important. But yeah. Florida did not look good against South Carolina. Now, apparently, twenty to thirty players have the flu, mm-hmm. which you know doesn't help anything. I mean, no. Michael Jordan's flu game, you know, to the side, but yeah, um, that doesn't help. But I, you know, I, I, I think, you know, just losing that way to South Carolina, who played their best game of the year, uh, they're now five and four instead. I mean, you know that, yeah, you know that was a game Florida needed to win. Oh, Beamer might be a pretty good coach, huh? No, well, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, you know, it's his first year there, but yeah, I mean, things are looking up, and and he talked about they really use the bye week. Which mm-hmm. they they had a bye week coming into this to really self scout themselves, yeah, and and change some things and and do some things differently, and it, it seemed to really help. Uh, I know you know Beamer after the game was talking about you know in the bye week he tried to shorten practices for his players and they wanted to do more, which is you know a great thing in a program a young program like that for a coach. Yeah, you know, the players didn't want time off; they wanted to do, practice more. So you know that's the, you know that shows you the kind of the chemistry and stuff he's trying to build up there. So yeah. No, I listen. It just it, Florida can't lose to South Carolina, um, and and you can't continue to lose. I mean, at some point, you guess I know they'll beat Sam, Sanford probably, but I mean, you you've got to stop the bleeding here, 
And and the other thing I didn't like, and this is college, you know, this is Joe College and the, and, and the head coach controlling things and all of that. But I just don't like that, you know, no players were available after the game. Really? I, I, I don't understand it. I know they're, they're college athletes, they're college players. You know, you can you can certainly control their their availability and stuff, but you can't tell me they wouldn't have been available if they won that game. You know, it's just you want to yeah. control the message. So I know no one cares. The stories are still written, and the head coach can still speak to you know the mess that he has, and uh, maybe he wants to take the pressure off of them. All of that. I mean, I, you can you can list a million reasons, but it just it just seems it, it seems ridiculous to me. I mean, these guys can they can certainly speak for themselves, and and you know. You do everything else with them. I mean, the twenty-hour rule. You know, they're student athletes, but they're only student athletes when it benefits you. You know what I mean? Like all of a sudden, no, 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 no. We, you know, these guys they pour their hearts out. You know, talking. I mean, I don't know the reasons why he gave, but I just I thought that was I, I never liked that because I always want access and I still want it in the NFL. We talked about that the other day, but mm-hmm. um, don't don't pick and choose because you have a bad game. That oh now after this game. We're not going to make anybody available. I just it just yeah. seems weird to me, but certainly a small small part yeah. of what's going on there. At USF played well. They did, yeah, yeah, good for them. I mean, I saw where they were leading Houston at halftime. They had mm-hmm. a couple uh, kickoff returns for touchdowns. Yeah, the opening kickoff right away yeah. got on the board. Yeah, that uh, yeah, was exciting. They hung in there with, and Houston's a really good team. Yeah, um, you know that's that's not a that's not an effort to poo poo at there at USF. I mean, that's you went up against a really good team and you were hanging with them. I mean, you kept getting it within a score late, and then Houston would go yeah. up another score. But Timmy McLean played really well, so mm-hmm. he's getting better. He just needs more time, and he's a true, you know, he's a freshman quarterback, and he's getting yep. better. I mean, that's what you want to see. I mean, I think, I think that Scott has kind of you can you can kind of see the pieces coming together. You can see them getting better each week when you can play a team like Houston, mm-hmm. like they did to the wire. Um, that those are the things you need. They're moral victories. I know no one cares. At the end of the day, they want to see wins and, and, and that sort of thing. But I think you can see this team getting better. And that's what's important. Are you a better football team at the mm-hmm. end of the year than the beginning? And where do you, you know, a year from now with all that experience, especially the quarterback position, that's just so critical. You know, McLean might end up being the guy and, and uh, you know, he's playing better. So, yeah, good for them. I mean, not a win, but but everybody expected them to kind of get blown out, and they weren't. So, in Florida State – they also had a flu uh, breakout as well, mm-hmm. and uh, weren't able to take uh, North Carolina State, which I I thought they would. So, one step back, I guess, for the Seminoles. But at least you you know there was a good reason for it. They had a lot of guys out. So, and before we go to congratulations to Tampa Bay Rowdies, they won their first playoff game. I saw they, that. they have home field throughout the playoffs, so mm-hmm. they beat Tulsa six to two. So they'll be back at it Saturday night at uh, Outlang Stadium. So yeah, I mean, it looks like they're, they're headed. They could be headed for another Champa Bay, man. No, they, I mean, while they were in the championship last year, it just was canceled due to a COVID outbreak. Right. Uh, they have the best record in the USL this year, so uh, no mm-hmm. reason to think they can't win it all. Yeah. So that's cool. Well, it's going to be a fun second half of the season, obviously in the NFL and for Bucks fans, and we'll mm-hmm. talk all about that. Um, I'm sure we'll obviously later in the week have uh, Matt Baker to talk college football and what went on, what is going on at the University of Florida. Obviously, some changes in the coaching staff, which I think were inevitable. And maybe the fact that they came early uh, is a sign that, uh, you know, that, that Mullen's going to be back. Or maybe it's maybe maybe it's uncertainty and they want him to do something right away. I don't know. 
know exactly what's going on with that, but it was inevitable that they were going to have some staff changes um, at minimum. And then you just wonder, is it worth bringing Mullen back with, you know, are, who, here's the other question I have, and, and I'm usually on the opposite end of this, but like, if you're going to coach with Dan Mullen, do you feel confident you're going to be there for more than one year? In other words, who's he going to be able to attract? You know, it's just very, very difficult. Um, I would think, but maybe not. Uh, you know, like I said, there's there's young, good young coaches out there everywhere, but it'll be up to Dan to convince them to come in there and say, no, no, I'm secure. I'll be, we'll be fine here. So I'm not sure how that's going to go. Anyway, thanks for listening. Uh, it was a long weekend. I'll get into what I was doing. I was out on the West Coast um, just uh, hanging out with my wife. They, they had a uh, 49ers Hall of Fame. Bryant Young went into it. So my wife had to go out there with her boss and, uh, yeah, just took a little trip out to Pebble Beach for lunch. It was nice, man. Wow, look at Gorgeous you. out there. Yeah, yeah. Had dinner with Ronnie Lott. Oh, so in other just, words, oh, hold on. Let me stretch my back out here. You want to pick, can you get that one? Oh, yeah. I, I oh, dropped that name. Pick yeah. that one up. It's way down there. Yeah. 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 It was, uh, it was a long day. You know, someone had to do it, but, uh, was his son Ryan there? No, if Ryan Ronnie wasn't. Was we did talk okay. about Ryan wasn't at dinner. Um, he is, he does live out there, but, yeah, uh, former was, Buccaneer Ryan not, niece, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Ran into John Lynch, of course, the general manager who, oof, the Niners. Oh, yeah. They got bashed by Arizona without Kyler Murray. Um or 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 Hopkins, they didn't have either guy, and they got smashed. It was a bad loss. They got to go to Jacksonville. John Lynch is going to get his Hall of Fame ring uh, here in a couple of weeks when the Bucks play, I believe, in Atlanta. Because the uh, next Sunday, uh, no, the, this is the Monday night game. The Monday night game against the Giants. I think the Bucks have. Um, that's the game that John Lynch, I think, will be getting his Hall of Fame ring because they play Jacksonville on that Sunday. Um whatever Sunday that is, uh, and then they'll they'll roll down here. He'll roll down here after that game and pick up his ring uh, from the Hall of Fame on, on that Monday night, so that'll be fun. But, yeah, it's tough for him and Shanahan right now, man. <laughs> it's not – those people out there are getting a little bit restless. That Super Bowl seems to be further and further away in the rearview mirror right now. So they still got, you know, quarterback issues trying to decide, you know, when, when Trey Lance should get – I think he's hurt right now, but when when he should get his shot and um, – yeah, so the Arizona Cardinals continue to roll, man. They, I thought it was a good opportunity. That was the only, was the only game where the Bucks did not benefit. Had the Cardinals lost, it would have been like a clean sweep almost, um, depending on what happens with this this Tennessee Rams game. But, yeah, it was, it was a great Sunday for the Bucks, And so looking forward to seeing what Bruce Arians and all those guys have to say about that and start the second season, the second half of the season, man. It's going to be fun, so. Thanks for listening. Well, we're here all week, Monday through Friday, of course. For Steve Burstyn, Gunnar Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.